Hello there, nerds, and welcome to Go To There, 30 Rock Podcast, a weekly chronological journey through 30 Rock, where you can get the jokes, the references, the highs, the lows, and all of the blurgs that come with one of the best shows of the 21st century. As always, I'm your host, Curtis Stone, and joining me is... David Amick. And welcome to episode 125, season 6, episode 22, the season 6 finale, entitled What Will Happen to the Gang Next Year? Originally airing May 17th, 2012. David, if you would, please give us a quick summary slash synopsis of this episode. Now that Avery has returned, she and Jack are ready to renew their vows, but after Jack discovers that she was secretly communicating while she was in North Korea with Scott the whole time, he learns that although Avery told the truth when she said that she never touched Scott, there was still something going on. Meanwhile, Chris decides that because Liz, because Liz isn't an uggo or a crazy, <laughs> That she must be a bailer, so he does his best to prove that he's worthy of her staying around. Well, she's a ha-ha crazy. No, that oh boy, you're crazy. Anyway. Finally, Hazel needs a place to live, and after Liz flatly turns her down, Kenneth decides to let her move in, and absolutely nothing of note happens. Everything goes totally normally. As you would expect. After yet another plot about Tracy catering to black stereotypes instead of doing something that is more... Substantial? Yeah. Well, that, more empowering. That is a more well-rounded rap representation of black people. He takes a trip to the Civil Rights Museum and ends up making a big decision about his future. Yeah. No, this is. Um, I mean, I know last week I said, "Oh man, th- this should have been a two-parter." They packed a lot into this episode. This should have, I feel like, been a two-parter. Almost like there's just a lot going on, and you have four four plots. Two of them minor, but still like. You got basically you got everyone involved except Danny. Poor Danny. Poor Danny. He only popped up for the writers' room. A bit of the live show. The writers' room is featured, but none of the writers. Sari, you can Sur- see her in she's one in, scene. She's in a split second cameo, basically. And then yeah, that's about it. But I mean, it's a busy episode, so we've got the Liz and Chris storyline continuing about whether or not to have a plant slash baby. Uh, obviously, the Jack and everything is probably the big bulk story of the wedding or the of the story of will they, should they, won't they thing. Uh, the Hazel stuff is fun, even though I completely forgot that she tried to sabotage Jenna to kill her. Like, and they do a clunky way of like reminding us of of why they have a rivalry, but it still is just like, if even they kind of blow it off. It's like Jenna, that was weeks ago. Yeah, like, it does feel like a while ago, even if it was only a few episodes ago. Yeah, uh, and then the Tracy stuff. It's funny the Tracy stuff because I was remembering the first season. Remember the end of the first season was he was a bad representation. Of African Americans, so they sent the uh, uh, the Black Crusaders after him. Yeah, do the Black Crusaders no longer exist? They like, had to why disband. They, I, like, why weren't they around this time? You know, like I'm not. It's just it was just a small thing. Of like, hmm, he's done this. So they're, they're already retreading another Tracy plot too of yeah. him looking a fool for his community. But well, I guess yeah, I guess you're right. That is a direct retread of that. But I mean, it's the same thing with like the the Jack thing of like. It's a, it's just a thing that even if it hasn't been directly followed this way, it's like a general theme that like has been touched on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like the whole lead into his Oscar thing was something similar. Like he wanted to do something serious, or he was tired of looking. He was like right, exactly. And well, well he the, wanted to get the EGOT. In order to get the EGOT, he had to do serious performances. So like that was a better build up to that. This is just yeah. like yeah, we're just gonna kind of do the same season one finale again, and hope no one notices. Uh, anyway. But I mean, it's a, it's a solid episode. It doesn't quite feel like a finale, though, to me. It feels like there's something 
missing that makes me want to come back next year. I don't know. Well, they don't get they don't get well. They sorry married, but they don't get. Uh, I feel like a wedding is a typical season finale, but the, the, they they, they, don't, they don't stay hitched at the end. So that yeah. But I I do know what you mean though. You're right. It didn't feel like a typical season finale. Yeah, which is good because I mean, like we expect Thirty Rock to sort of subvert those, but at the same time when they leaned heavily into doing tropey things and they don't and for a finale it's kind of like all right well what knowing now that they're heading into the final season what are you preparing us for kind of thing and they did like a, a little fun little wink as well at the very end in the post credits or in the credit scene of uh kim jong-il saying why aren't jack and liz together like basically saying what a lot of people in the 90s and the 2000s argue for romantic subplots on sitcoms is x and y should be together because it just makes sense kind of thing or they've been teasing it the whole series it has to end on that so it's like we knew jack and liz were never going to be together they've never really hinted yeah. at that i think or, they've subverted it a oh lot yeah more throughout the series almost oh, yeah almost like blatantly said like this yeah. is never going to happen kind of thing so so yeah to me i mean i think you're right that obviously it's referencing like all the classic well I guess not just sitcoms would be considered classic. But anyway, the sitcoms the last couple of decades where there was a big will they won't they. But like also I feel like even though like this show has made it clear that they weren't gonna kind of together, I feel like there was still that fan base within 30 Rock that basically said and, and I to me that I, I kind of took it as poking fun at, at those people too right. who were like oh, yeah. saying the Jack and Liz are gonna be or should be together at the end of I mean their celebrity so. name would be Lack or Jizz. Oh god. Neither one of them are really great. You probably want the former rather than the latter, but yeah, not a great couple name. Um, Yikes. Anyway, uh, final thoughts on, or not final thoughts, but any other. <laughs> yeah, shut it down. Shut really it down. Just skipping right to the end. Uh, but I mean, there's, there's still a lot of like genuinely funny moments in this, like Chris going to the rock, going to the parade, not knowing what it was. And the reason which I don't think he could sell that van for $10,000. But then, you know, maybe if you find a meth head, they'll probably pay anything. So. I mean, maybe in New York City, if you're using it for uh, Do you think for, he's... for selling things, that raises the street value. We can we can talk about this more when we get there, but do you think he bought it with the money he stole from the bank? Because how else... I mean, and that makes what Chris has dirty money, but at the same time, like, would, would a meth head have $10,000 on them before they robbed the bank kind of thing? Maybe it's a trust fund kid. <laughs> Tr- trust fund meth head. Kid. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, there, and there, the, I love the the smaller story of Scott was engaged to be engaged to someone named Teresa who shows up to the wedding. And not only is she in a wheelchair, but she's also like deaf. So like, was he taking advantage of her? Was like, he was just finding it hard to break it off with her because of her situation because it would just be like awkward because obviously if he breaks up with someone in that situation after that long time he's going to look like an asshole no matter what because he's going to look like he's bailing simply because of her disabilities so there's some depth to Scott that we never really learned that, uh, Scott Speedman from Scottsdale Scott's, on the sports yeah. or wait Scott Scottsman Scott from Scottsdale Scott Speedman yeah. anyway I have no idea alright any other Thoughts before we hop in? Let's hop in. All right. So our cold open is going to be a little bit longer, so we'll probably split it up between a couple of the storyline setting up. But uh, we first start in Liz and Chris's apartment with a rather creepy way to wake up. Hey, you didn't whisper in my ear and kiss me to wake me up like you always do. 
Well, I've never done that. Sweetie, wake up. It's morning. Oh, I love you, too. Anyway, I'm taking the van out to Queens. There's this big parade. Parades need people. People need hot dogs. That's where Van Der Beek and I step in. But you named your van after the guy from Dawson's Creek? I've seen everything he's ever been in except for that. Please, just let me pay for the renovation. No. Or we could just hold off. We don't need a nursery now, and who knows if we'll ever even have a plant or whatever. See, you're already backing off of this whole thing because you don't think I'm the guy to do it with. You're gonna bail on me. Hey, I don't bail. I am still watching Smash, Chris. Well, I'm not gonna be the reason why you put anything on hold. I'm getting that money. So I assume they just have someone that comes into their house when they leave for the day that that's who that old man is. Because he doesn't seem to steal anything, but apparently he has a schedule. He well, arrives. he has to wake up so he can get out of the house so he can go there and have a place to be for the day. Yeah. But he doesn't look homeless. He just, I mean, he's got a suit on, which... Maybe he lost his job, and instead of going to work now, so his family doesn't know he's unemployed, he goes to hang out in Liz's apartment. That's really smart. Yeah, but that's super... That's super creepy. It's extremely creepy, yeah. and uh, it's... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's so random. It's I feel funny, like he's though. close to getting caught, though, because I feel like he's getting too brazen with the fact he shows up yeah. only minutes after they've woken up kind of thing. I mean, so. if Liz if Liz wakes up and is coherent too fast one day, then he's sunk. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I also love the James Vanderbeek naming the car that, but also that's the one thing he hasn't seen is Dawson's Creek, which is like, you feel like that's, for someone his age, that would be the, the kickstarter for a lot of James Vanderbeek people. Is That's where he got to start. It makes sense you start there kind of thing. But Well, at least we know someone who watched Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. Sure, there's now three people that we know that have watched it. Um, and then and I, two of them are real. <laughs> uh, and then Liz has a nice little dig at Smash, who at this time had to be just on its last legs. For sure, no. As as, as we discussed before, yeah, like I had definitely long uh, bailed on it. By I mean, if she made yeah, she made that Joseph, it had to have been pretty well into like, the second season, which like, is when it right it got canned. So if this is the finale, of this oh, yeah. finale was also like yeah, series finale, oh, series finale, indeed. Oh. oh well. Meanwhile, in the writers' room, Hazel has a question for Liz. Good morning, girl talk time. Fine, I'll go first. Since I had to move out of Rosman's place, my living situation's been a little in flux. And obviously I can't go to a homeless shelter. I mean, the people there can be a little sexually conservative for my taste. So I was thinking, maybe I could crash with you for a year or so. Wow, okay. Look, Hazel, I'm sorry, but no. You and I do need to have some boundaries. Aw, poor baby. Can't hack it in the big city. Gonna move to the Bay Area now, pretend that that was your dream the whole time. Have fun always carrying a light sweater. Is this about when I tried to cripple you? <laughs> Jenna, that was weeks ago. Bye, Hazel. I look forward to reading your obituary. Least famous person in the world dies. Lemon, didn't you get ordained online and perform a lesbian wedding last summer? Yes, I married Becky and Dee because love is love and there's no reason they shouldn't experience the joy of marriage like any other couple. I'm not going to the container store. This is my Saturday. Congratulations, you just turned into your father. 
Avery and I want to renew our vows tomorrow afternoon, and we need an officiant. Jack, no way. Wanting to renew your vows is a sign that there are deeper problems. You kissed Avery's mom. Which they both know about, and they're fine with it. They're fine with it? What Bill O'Reilly erotic novel are you living in? I suppose our situation is most reminiscent of the Commodore's Lust from the Patriots After Dark series. Okay, fine. But if I'm doing this for you, guess what, buddy? I get your Yankees tickets on A-Rod Bobblehead Day. And I'm gonna throw that thing in front of a train. Go Phillies. Thank you, Lemon. Hey, arm havers! Diana, what a wonderful surprise. I did not know you were coming up for this. And why wouldn't I, Liz? Although, a vow renewal is a little tacky, so I'd rather they weren't doing it. Oh, really? <laughs> That's the reason you wish we weren't doing it. There's no other reason, right, Mother? <laughs> Stop, grab and roll. Let me up. Let me up. I guess I'm not surprised that Jack would read terrible Bill O'Reilly books and have a knowledge base of... Well, not just books, erotic novels. Which, I don't... Does anyone want a Bill O'Reilly erotic novel? Oh, well, let's not. He, if they're not about him, that's fine. But I feel like you would, you would do nothing but imagine him in those roles because it's Bill O'Reilly writing them. So you, you project at some point. Well, two points. You're doing great. I'm doing so well. There's some fun visual jokes in there with the Hazel stuff of like coming in in her, her outfit and then taking it off and then like basically taking a whore's bath in the sink to like clean herself things like. And again, the, the clunky setup of that Hazel and Jenna have a rivalry that you'd already forgotten about. And I don't really think it goes any further than that. Like, it feels like they just they tried to push it and it didn't work out. And they kind of... Well, I think... It. I really think the break for a couple of weeks into the live episode and the Queen Jordan yeah. episode, I mean, really derailed the momentum. Like, if there would have been a stronger through line, it would have made more sense. But Yeah. Because on the live episode, they interacted... They acted, they acted like friends almost because like Hazel didn't say I mean Hazel obviously was out for herself to like make herself a star but like she was even asking like Jenna like hey if the thing with Paul doesn't happen I'll happily hop in and steal the spotlight so like they That's weren't right. rivals then yeah. so I think you're right I mean I think they kind of just forgot about it or they put it on hold and yeah well because I mean I guess these episodes would have been filmed before and finished and filmed before mm-hmm. the live show happened right so yeah yeah yeah. Also, uh, that uh, uh, Liz did a lesbian wedding thing has strong gay people should be able to get married so they can be miserable like the rest of us energy. Yeah, in twenty twelve, that joke was more fresh than it has it Not, ever been. Well, no, but at least at that time it was more fresh. Yes, it was, yes, but yeah. But I mean, I do like that they subverted that like they are just like everybody else kind of thing and they even sort of like instead of saying you're just like your mother which actually it's kind of not great to say like oh you're just like your father because it implies butchiness and masculine yeah men don't be going to the container store that's for girls they rather sit at home and watch tv on their saturday in their man cave but we all feel like that sometimes we'd rather just not do anything and stay at home so there's some comedy there Relatable. You'd rather sit at home and watch Eurovision. Anyway, 
Uh, and Tracy, as we're back from the opening, Tracy gets some bad news uh, as he's getting some good press, but from the wrong people. Well, Tracy, I hope you're proud of yourself. You were named Man of the Year by the Journal of the Aryan Patriot Party. Did they say when a banquet is? Because I'm kind of between tuxes due to weight fluctuation. Trey, this is not good. You are a representative of the black community. You're supposed to be making us look better, not worse. I do. For instance, in Pixar's upcoming movie about trash, I'm doing the voice of a lazy bottle of grape-flavored soda named Funky Bobo. Okay, I hear it. Scott and I saw each other every day at work, but we're forbidden from speaking. I was living in an exact replica of Cinderella's castle that Kim Jong-un had built for his shoe collection. And I was kept in a pit where they made me beat my best friend to death. <laughs> Awkward. Wow, what an ordeal. And I know a little bit about suffering because I work out a lot. I think we have a clip. in four years and now with sports scott scottsman thank you avery now for today's highlights Kim. and now with sports scott scottsman thank you avery. and now for highlights kim jong Yu. and now with sports scott scottsman thank you avery and now with today's sports highlights it's a code Actually, even for 30 Rock, that that part of the interview is a little surreal where all of a sudden he the, the host like says, I know about uh struggle. Yeah, because I work out and like randomly like country club of literally him just like lifting weights. Okay. And it's just like it's just like it has like that has strong like I don't know, like like adult swim, like after midnight mm-hmm. interview, just like really, like really, really random. Yeah, like not quite seminary, but very yeah. close. To where, like, you think it's going to go one way, and then immediately it's just off the rails. What? It's just something that, like, is so, yeah, it's so, like, out of context of, like, what would happen. Like, it, where it, it, I guess it starts off in, like, a very real-world-ish setting, like, an interview about something. And it's, mm-hmm. like, just, like, detours into, like, some, like, random, like, just, like, I guess, you know, like, in theory, like, I don't know, a, a clip of, like, someone working out and some crazy, but, like, the context of, like, just, like, cutting to it, it's right. just, like, just, like, that little, like... Because you plan Weirdness. that. You can't say we've got a clip and then they scramble to find a clip. Like, you have that clip, right? So, like, it's almost like you plan that whole interview to lead for you to have your line about, I know about, you know, I know. He's really proud about working out, so he probably yeah, shows that fine. clip in every interview. Sure. Yeah, that's not self-indulgent anyway. I can relate to your trauma because <laughs> I work out. out. Here's oh, a wow. clip. You had to kill your best friend in a pit? I understand. Holy. I work out a lot. Yikes. But I also like the the whole storyline of like them quote unquote cheating involved nothing more than just like tapping Morse code to yeah. each other. Like it's kind of fun because it's like they still technically didn't do anything. I mean, it would be the same as just like passing love letters, I guess. So it's like nothing physical happened. Well, technically physical taps, but nothing physically between bodies happened. Well, it's covered because it means that Avery told the truth. Right. That, but still hid something. Yeah, but yeah. still lied by omission, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in the stairwell, Hazel gets some good news by learning about Kenneth's bad day. 
sorry. I was gonna come in here and cry because I didn't get back into the PAGE program, but instead I'm being brave. Oh, stop whining. I don't have a place to live, Kenneth. I'll have to go back upstate to that cult. Oh, God, I had so many husbands. You really don't have a place to live? Well, where will you sit patiently in the dark while you wait for the next day to start? I mean, sleep. Miss Wasserman, you can stay with me. I remember how tough it was when I first moved to New York. I still wouldn't be able to afford rent if I didn't have a roommate. Have a good day, Doris. You have a good day, too, Kenneth. Whatever, Doris, grow up. Well, if you really mean it. I don't mean it. I nice it. You're staying with me, Hazel. That Doris joke is dark. Yeah, see, I feel like that, that's a very dark side about Kenneth we learned about, where he just has a quote-unquote roommate who quote-unquote lives <laughs> in the closet. <laughs> like, I mean, it, it's never answered why, she, like, obviously subletted? I don't, like, I don't, there's so many questions that never get answers as to why she's there, why she's stuck in the, in, like, left in the closet. She's not even allowed to, like, have sunlight. Like, there's just so many questions. Well, Manhattan's expensive to live there, so you gotta... I mean, but some what, people, like, divide living spaces into extra bedrooms. Some, uh, I guess, just find a <laughs> closet to squat in. I don't know. I don't know if it's squatting so no, much as she's left That's true. There. I mean, if she's covering part of rent, then it's not <laughs> squatting, I guess. But, uh... But, like, this is the first also we've learned of her. Like, we've seen Kenneth's apartment plenty of times before. Well, have we ever seen him in the closets? <laughs> no, but that's even worse because he's held parties. So was Doris oh, at right. these parties and you're like right. no one was ever like talk to her? Like it's a really awful joke because Jesus Christ, and she's not she's she's a butt of many jokes later that's on true. in the episode. So Doris, Doris, get out of there! You in danger, girl. So back in Jack's office, the truth with Avery and Scott Scotsman from Scottsdale comes out. <sighs> so. How's your day? What are you doing? Answering your question, dear. My day was revealing. Jack, I can explain. You love wet feet? Okay, maybe I haven't mastered your code, but I'm trying to say you lied to me. You said you didn't do anything with Scott. Is this nothing? I miss you at night. I think about you all the time. I couldn't get through this without you. Check out Kim Jong-un's pants. Where's the flood? How could you do this to me? Scott and I have never touched Jack, unlike you and my mother. I thought you forgave me for that. Of course, darling. Now maybe you can forgive me for developing feelings for the only other person in the world who knew what I was going through. All right. We obviously have some problems to sort out, but we're going to get through this. We're Jack and Avery. That's right. We're not quitters, see? I'm not even angry anymore. Nor am I. Do you want to watch Downton Abbey tonight? I'd love to. Maggie Smith is a treasure. Hate watching shows is the most fun way to watch a show. Well, that's hate watching in a, in a, in a different way. Yeah, that's true. Because you're not They're hating, hating show. each other. <laughs> you're hating while watching. Oh, it's awful. <clears throat> So it would seem Liz has a fun little revelation while she's looking around the props department setting up, I guess, for a skit for the show. Uh, there's a fun, like, Randy Newman-esque 
Toy Story esque kind of song that's playing as like a small a small montage of a little uh, baby plant is placed in a stroller and then she invisualize invisualizes. Well, I think we're saying envisions and visualizes, which yeah. would work. But yeah, uh, visualizes the plant go. like through its life and it it grows up, learns to ride a bike, uh, attends UVA, which which is a um, an allusion to where Tina Fey actually went to school. Yeah, so that's that's something two people have in common, two real people have in common. Yes, I also went there. Hooray! Congratulations. I wasn't talking about you. Mm. Wow, selfish much. Also, the plant is comes out as gay, and it eventually has another baby plant. So we get to see the full life cycle of the, the little plant in a nice, odd, odd scene. Uh, but meanwhile, just as she's ready to accept this stage of her life, she gets uh, she checks she uh, she calls to check in on Chris and gets some bad news. I know. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm, I yeah. Hi. I was thinking about you. How's the parade going? Uh, tough crowd. I had no idea the Shmuley Israel Memorial Parade was a predominantly Jewish event. You don't have to do this. I am not going to give up on you. You know what kind of women in their 40s have never been married, Liz? Uggos, crazies, and bailers. You're not an uggo, and you're ha-ha crazy, not, oh boy, crazy, which means you bail. So I'm not going to give you an excuse to quit. I don't care what it takes. I'm getting that money. Clancy, no! I don't care about that. <laughs> also, I was thinking about the line reading where he says that she's ha-ha crazy, and, like, there's a way, like, like, I don't know, I mean, he obviously said the words that are like, oh boy crazy, but like, like <laughs> if he would have read it like, oh boy crazy, like it could have like, yeah. I don't know. That is true. There's a third way. Because I was thinking about that. It was like, if you read that a slightly different way, it would sound very different. Mm-hmm. Oh boy crazy. It's definitely not Liz's MO. She's definitely, no, definitely not, not crazy. No, that is true. Yeah. So... As Hazel's, as Hazel's life is on the upswing and she's rubbing it in Jenna's face, Tracy gets a visitor from Dr. Cornell West, played by himself. It's an honor to finally meet you, Questlove. Tracy, this is Dr. Cornell West. He teaches African-American studies at Princeton. Yeah, Brother Walter and Brother Warren and I were out seeing the five-year engagement last night. And they mentioned your concerns about the image you're presenting as a black man. Look, I don't want to make us look bad, but these dumb white writers don't know how us soul cats speak. One twix the other. And they keep backing up this truck full of money for me to do this crap. I don't know what to do. Before you change the system, you got to change yourself, Brother Jordan. Who were your black role models growing up? Darth Vader, ninjas, some black licorice I tried to make into the shape of my dad. That's the challenge there. How are you going to be a black role model when you've never had one? I've been blessed to have mom and dad, my brother Cliff, John Coltrane, Curtis Mayfield, and as of last night, brother Jason Siegel. So I just need to find my own role model to inspire me. But where should I look? Might be closer than you think. Maybe right under your own nose. Under my own nose? Like a mustache mustache tom Selleck. you got to go to a civil rights museum i'm praying for my brother that was a fun cameo um yeah that's all really rich well i say sort of random on their hand like i feel like i don't know he pops up on like msnbc a lot so it probably wasn't that hard to wrangle in for a couple of scenes yeah 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 well also like i feel like for an academic or like philosopher type person he like is very 
I mean, well, his personality is very mm-hmm. pop culture friendly. So yeah. yeah, he's like a go to guy. Yeah, yeah. But I feel like that scene uh, is very important uh, for a number of reasons. It's one, like he plays it completely straight. Like he doesn't, he doesn't entertain Tracy's nonsense. He will. He has no problem saying like you, you need to stop. Like you need to fix this kind of thing. Also, when Tracy has the line of, it's all these white writers. They just don't know how we soul cats talk to betwixt each other. Like, he even, like, looks, like, uh, Cornell West, like, even looks at the camera, like, what are you doing? But I feel like that, the, the line, especially about who were your role models growing up, I mean, we had good times. Um, oh, God, what's it called? The Jeffersons. The Jeffersons. Sanford and Son. Sanford and Son, but even those of the 60s, 70s, not really. I mean, I guess there were some in the 80s, but there weren't that many. There were few and far between a black role model on TV. And I mean, I guess you had Eddie Murphy on SNL, but he would be a movie star. So, like, I mean, there weren't that many. And even to this day, like, there's more than there were, but there's still few and far between of, like, really. Um, well, Cosby. For sure, that's true. But I mean, his at least back then, yeah. Say at least back then, back it was, then, yeah, uh, it was uh, more wholesome. But but I mean, I feel like a lot of people took Cosby and sort of put him in this role of like, what's what's the what's that called? Um, the model minority or whatever. Oh right. Of like, um, yeah. I mean, that's. So, I mean, yeah. There just feel like there wasn't much representation. But I, mean, I would say, I mean, there there wasn't much representation. Period. Like, let alone like quote unquote role model representation. I mean. I feel like then when, when more when you get, then get into the '90s and you have especially like when UPN mm-hmm. launched, like there, there were definitely a lot. Yeah, like way more colors, than there had been before that. Color. Although again, that was kind of, but that was that was concentrated on one network. Like it's still. Mm-hmm. Oh um, yeah, like the other ABC, networks. Did ABC really have? I mean, TGF Family Matters. I guess Family Matters, yeah, but. They, but that I can't think of any other prominent families. Yeah, I would say like if there are any, that many others, I can't think of anything. So. Yeah. I don't think oh, yeah. anything else that really lasted as long as that, but well, yeah. Anyway, but right, yes. No, I, I mean, like, it's it, it, it's not a right. It's, it's not a secret revelation to like say that like representation was especially twenty plus years ago was not yeah, great, very minimal. Yeah. yeah, but it has gotten a lot better, but still like far to go. I mean, there's people now upset that they're talking about doing a black Superman, which is like. Well, well, I mean, I get, I know, I understand where those people that are gatekeeping and detracting and saying it's not a good idea or it's bad or it's wrong, cannot canonically, whatever. But just well, it's a fictional character. Exactly. It literally but, doesn't fucking matter. But I mean, if you have so much as like a commercial that features like an interracial couple, like you'll still see like mm-hmm. basically YouTube or whatever, or I don't know, comments on social media posts that like are just full of people like blasting it. So I mean, I mean, you know, and, and then I. Marrying between the races has been legal for a long time now. So if that, you know, still meeting with quote unquote whatever enmity and controversy, like I mean, you know, uh, so I guess the point of that is to say that no matter what you try to do, there's always going to be some people crawling about it, and at some point you just have to ignore it and do what you're going to do. And no, yeah, I mean that is do it and not and not worry about. And I won't even say it's public sentiment because really, is it? Is it? I mean, yes, it's there's like a loud group of people, but is it really just a loud, very loud, but like minority? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
No, definitely, like, do whatever you want as long as it's not harming or, or hurting anyone else. But at the same time, like, you're always going to have people decrying you or saying that it's wrong, it's not right, and blah, blah, blah. But in the end, they'll be dead, and then that mentality will be dead. So you just, you just got to hold on. Time will pass and <laughs> time die, will pass unlike and so me. Will they. Yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully they die before you. And their shitty mentality does not get passed along to the next generation. We'll see. One can hope. One can hope. Yes, indeed. Uh, but meanwhile, on the rooftop, um, it's not on top of 30 Rock, because 30 Rock's much taller, but they're on some rooftop. Some rooftop. Not really clear where they are. It's a nice little area to get married in, though. Yeah. I was thinking it looks kind of familiar to, um, I remember that time we were, like, went to the top of the Met, but I mean, honestly, mm. I, it, it, it looks sort of like it, but honestly, like, yeah. there are probably so many rooftops in, in Manhattan that look like that, yeah. that it's also may just oh, be a coincidence yeah. so oh, no, yeah i doubt we were on that same one but <laughs> yeah yeah you're probably right because i doubt I, I imagine it might also be expensive to like rent the roof oh, of the sure. net to do a shoot so oh, tens of thousands of dollars yeah no so. doubt it's probably just a lot of rooftops in your city vaguely resemble yeah yeah <laughs> uh, meanwhile uh it seems diane and scott and even kim jong-il have a plan to interrupt the wedding when it's a time to speak now forever hold your peace. But meanwhile, Jenna lets Kenneth in on some truth about Hazel. Hello, Kenneth. How are things with your new roommate? Oh, are you talking about Hazel or the raccoon that won't let me into my kitchen? Either way, the answer is wonderful. I'm talking about Hazel. I know how she thinks, Kenneth. So I went down to Human Resources, turned on the old charm, and got a copy of the application you submitted to the PAGE program. This isn't my application. This isn't even my handwriting. Do you know whose handwriting it is? Hazel's. She sabotaged you so you won't become a threat. And to think I thought Hazel was a bitch. Friendly and loyal like a well-trained female dog. She isn't a bitch. She's a meanie pants. But was stunned today by a daring daylight height. Police are reporting that a bank on Jackson Avenue was robbed this afternoon by a lone suspect, a white male in his 30s. Security cameras caught the getaway van heading west toward Manhattan. I think uh, Sri almost had a line in there. Yeah, maybe she did, and it got cut for. Yeah, it looked like she's about to say something. Yeah. Oh, course. Hey, you got on air time. That's better than. A lot of the other people. She, she had hit her the quota of episodes she needed for the season in her contract, so. <laughs> She wanted to attend a nice wedding. Uh, yeah. Remember that time she was a cardboard cutout and they all thought she was there? That was a fun storyline. But they went along with it? Yeah. Like, they didn't question it until the very end? Well, I guess she really was there, and then at the end it turned out it was just a cardboard cutout. That's true. Yeah. That was a fun gag. That was season three. That was the one where Liz wasn't invited to the parties. She was their boss. I don't remember exactly when. It all runs together eventually. Uh, speaking of revelations, Tracy gets his own in himself. Come on, Trey. Are you telling me you haven't found one person in here who inspires you? What about Frederick Douglass? A guy with two first names? Next. That dress belonged to Rosa Parks. She's one of my personal heroes. I think I found my role model. Good choice. Sister Parks once said, each person must live their life as a model for Shut others. Shut up, .com. I'm not talking about her. I'm talking about me looking funny in this reflection. 
I'm gonna do a movie where I play someone's fat old aunt and I say stuff like, woo-wee, and sweet child, sit your black ass down. No, Trey, that's exactly what we trying to avoid. Questlove asked me to find a role model. I did. It's Tyler Perry. From now on, my movies will be produced, written, directed, and seen exclusively by African-Americans. That's right. I'm starting my own studio. I mean, there's kind of a point there that, like, Tyler Perry, I mean, is extremely popular and creates a lot of extremely popular movies and TV shows that... And provides roles to African-American actors who yeah. apparently wouldn't get them. Well, and I mean, right, and I mean, it's, it's and like, I mean, like Trace is there, it's basically exclusively for those audiences, and he doesn't care about what's stereotype around. And I mean, I, and I, I know a lot of, there's a lot of criticism out there from, you know, all sorts of people about those stereotypes you know and but at the same time it's like those shows are also successful so it's like Mm -hmm. it's kind of like well i don't know it's just interesting that there i mean there is still an audience there and an audience that enjoys it so and the voice that's providing those those jokes those stereotypes are from a source that probably know it better than just generalizations you know like yeah it's not the white person that grew up on tv watching Steve Urkel making a joke about Steve Urkel 20 years later. It's someone who lived in that community, knows those voices, and can articulate them way better and with good source material better. So it's like, yes, they're still adhering to stereotypes, but the stereotypes are more founded, more grounded, and more real as opposed I guess, to just I don't know. Like, I mean, from some cases I've read, like, it's, I mean, people can talk about how it can be really cartoonish. And I mean, basically what they're criticizing Trace for on the episode. So, I mean, I think it's just more, it's just nuanced in that, I mean, I mean, right, some of those representations that, that were even made in Tyler Perry shows, like, are beer on the cartoonish, like, stereotypical side, but, like, I know, but there's still an audience there, mm-hmm. and, I mean, I guess there's no right or wrong, per se, since it's all Yeah, but, I mean, there's, but... there's very few sitcoms that aren't cartoony on some level. Like, I feel like his movies are definitely more real if that makes sense they're less cartoony because they're always like serious dramas comedies also but like yeah i think like what's house of pain and mm-hmm. he had like two or three running at like simultaneously i think yes i think he has quite a few because he but yeah they definitely lean into those like yeah. the the old aunt or the old person that has like the wise crack and i mean yeah they, yeah, they adhere to stereotypes but you kind of expect that from a sitcom because it's generally rooted in unbelievability yeah so i mean there was some i mean i've also read like there's something about like definite like misogyny in his in a lot of his stuff so i mean that's i mean another issue like outside of of race-related criticism that he also gets that i mean but I, is he I, pulling I really that from like the african-american community like, no no i mean i think he he basically has female characters that are written in like a way to be like Submissive. Just well, just just like portrayed as just like overly, just like stupid mm. or having bad traits or whatever in a way yeah. that. So I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. It's complicated. It's popular. Right. Like there's a lot of criticism. Like, but you know, but at the same time, it's like it's just I don't know. I, I mean, I'm definitely not the best no, person to talk about this, right. but like, but it, it is interesting though. It's like you know, like it is true that like they're talking like he does, he does a lot of things they're talking about here, but at the same time, he's very popular with that you know, mm-hmm. audience that, that is it. not necessarily being trained yeah. to us like so interesting. Also, but speaking of Tyler Perry, like I read that later last year, like in basically he formed this like big production to 
bubble and like filmed like tons and tons of, like he like filmed like two seasons of one tv show in like a month and a half or something just like got everyone on a set like kept him in a bubble and just like i guess just like filmed and filmed and filmed tons of stuff to to just get it done i don't know he's, he's like that ryan murphy type that mm-hmm. just somehow can like write like massive volumes of show yeah. and like and just film well, it quickly i don't know and I, i'm not a slight against how period but again you when you're writing a sitcom, you're gonna probably pull from a template almost for a lot oh, of for sure. episodes. So like, not saying it's easy, but, but I mean, you still I would have to say make even it fresh and feel different each time. So. Yeah, that's true. But yeah. I mean, that that is commendable as hell. To be I mean, still filming that. two seasons of a show like within a quick period of time of that is like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, it's. I mean, I feel like even to write or do something bad, like it's it. You still have to put the time into like writing and mm-hmm. filming. So I mean, I haven't, I don't even know if it's kind of yet. So I don't, you know, right. I don't know if how. Did, does he have a Netflix deal or something? Uh, I don't know. I don't think Netflix. No, I know he does a lot of stuff for TBS, TNT, BET, and like okay. BET had BET Plus, which is the streaming service that they launched mm-hmm. a year two ago. Now I know he, I know he has a lot of stuff. So I don't know if he has like an exclusive deal for that. With I guess that's Viacom, but I mean. He has lots of irons in the fire, so no, dude's busy. He's been busy for like two decades now. Because previously it was, he did all those plays that eventually became movies. Most of them became movies or turned into mm-hmm. sitcoms. So like, and randomly starred as a lawyer in Gone Girl. Yeah, for like a scene or two. Like he wasn't in much of it, but he he. It was it, yeah, it was, yeah. It was just a couple scenes, I guess. He but pops still. up every now and again in a movie, and yeah. it's like, oh, that's his talent. Okay, and he play, play, he's gone. In one of those, oh gosh, didn't he play, like, the, oh, that's right, he was, he was, like, didn't he play Alex Cross in one of the, I think so, one of the movies, or maybe multiple movies, I don't really know, he, he just pops up, yeah, in random places anyway. Good for him, <laughs> you go Tyler Perry. Uh, meanwhile, outside of the wedding venue, Liz learns that she's not a bailer. Hey, hey, beautiful. You can't go to prison, you idiot. They will ravage you and your beautiful woman face. I'll say I did it. I can handle prison. I have a mean face, and I can will myself to sleep in any environment. Or we'll go to the land. What are you talking about? Heist! They saw your van. Why didn't you take out the cameras and kill all the witnesses, you beautiful bastard? I didn't rob a bank, Liz. God. No, I sold the van this morning to a really nice young guy on meth. You sold Vanderbeek? For me? I sold Vanderbeek for us. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. And now I can pay to redo the upstairs. And I was going to go to prison for you. Even when I thought you had robbed a bank, I wasn't going to bail. I won't bail on you. You won't bail on me. You won't bail on me. Have you ever had a girlfriend willing to Thelma and Louise with you? No, never. But come on, Bonnie and Clyde, Okay, I'm a boy. I'm a boy. Meanwhile, on the rooftop, the wedding is finally underway, and it is the most awkward, uncomfortable wedding, obviously, for everyone involved. Val renewal. Val, sorry. Well, tomato, tomato. Also, I hear Pippa Middleton couldn't come today because Avery was borrowing her ass. (laughs) If anyone can show just cause why Jack and Avery may not be lawfully joined together, speak now or forever hold your peace. Teresa. I just want Ellery to be happy. 
Kim, where are you going? You're the best waiter I've ever seen. I know, Mr. Sturanian. I know. Great. So no one. Are Seriously, you okay? no one has anything to say? You're all cowards. He kissed my mother. And she's in love with Scott. How can you stay silent when there's so much to object to? What kind of friends are you? I have something to say. I played Avery Jessup in Kidnapped by Danger, now available on Sega Genesis. Thank you. I forgot about the TV movie that whitewashed our love story. I was dating another woman. And I wasn't ready to get married. We only, we only did, did it because, because she was, was pregnant. pregnant. You truly are an amazing woman, Avery. The only thing you're bad at is quitting. I kept my sea monkeys alive for 30 years. We're both incapable of failure, so deep down we were hoping someone else would ruin it for us. I mean, if we wanted this thing to succeed, why would we ask Liz to officiate? Because I'm good at blending humor and heart. I'll always care for you. We'll split assets and custody equally. I'll take our friends A through L, you'll get M through Z. Liz, divorce us. By the power vested in me by the website instaminister.estonia, I now pronounce you divorced. <laughs> yeah, divorce. Woo! <laughs> well, I feel like we should briefly explain the Forever Hold Your Peace scene because it's actually mostly visual. Yeah. But so after Liz rushes through the Speak Now Forever Hold Your Peace sign, we, we see that. Diana, who drank too much wine before the ceremony, is passed out sleeping Hold on the gentleman next to her. Um, <laughs> Scott is about to stand up, but then I guess he suddenly realizes Teresa. that Teresa's here. She's like, oh, hi, no, Teresa. She up late. Okay. She, so she's pointing to her watch. Ah, okay. So, so, yeah, so suddenly discovers that Teresa is there and feels like he can't do anymore. And then, yes, and then Kim Jong-il just wants Aerie to be happy. I want Aerie to be happy. <laughs> God, I don't know why they, that saying Avery like that is always so funny to me. He said it the last time. <laughs> it's just back to you, Avery. I don't know. It's just because it's not <sighs> anyway. But yeah, and won't be a waiter anymore. But can the best waiter of all time. the best waiter of all time. But can go be Miss Universe again, maybe. Yeah. No, but it, but dead. So oh well. Uh, well, I guess don't, well, we don't know what the afterlife holds. He could. Why can't a ghost be Miss Universe? Why not? Why not? Post posthumously. There you go. Because I want to always be a post Posthumously. Posthumously. Yeah, yeah. we got there. Well, like Scott cheering for the divorce is also funny because like he's he's like the most uproarious about it. He's like, all right, now I got a chance and I don't feel bad about it. Come on, Scott. She's not going with you. He's still engaged to be engaged. That's true. Still not a good look. He he's not winning in that. Uh, but uh, we're coming up on the uh, finale of everyone's stories. Uh, Kenneth and Hazel strike a new uh, notch in their friendship belt. I thought you were my friend, but you were trying to destroy me the whole time. It started that way, but then. I fell in love with you. All you've done is lie to me. How can I believe you now? Believe this. Mm. Oh. Don't you ever do that again. 
make a great room for a baby. You said baby instead of plant. Now say man cave. Never! Wow. I didn't expect to see you tonight. In all the commotion, I forgot to give you this little thank you for officiating our event. It's the remote control holder you wanted from Sky Mall. Yes! Yes! Awesome! Ah! Uh. Oh, Chris is doing a little renovating upstairs. Because we are thinking about having a baby. Together. That will emerge from my vagina. Or a Chinese vagina. Okay. I'll see you at work tomorrow. Wait, that's it? You're not gonna give me any advice? I can't, Lemon. I don't have any right to. I've been, uh, divorced twice, engaged two other times. I'm a mess, but any child would be lucky to have you be the mother it loves, then hates for a few years, then loves again, then half-heartedly defends to its spouse, then puts in a home. You don't need my advice. But I still want it. If you decide to have a child, you are going to make an excellent mother. As long as you follow Jack Donaghy's 25 pillars of motherhood. Number one, don't overthink the names. Stick to kings and queens of England. There will never be a President Ashton or Dr. Katniss or non-sexually confused Lorne. Number two. Take that, Lorne Michaels. Uh-huh. In your face. So, the Hazel move is to basically confuse him with sex right like she's still lying to him that's what i got from it because like when he says you've been you you screwed me out of the page program like you see her eyes sort of shift like okay how can i get out of this like that's the plan oh for sure i mean anything she does is in her own (laughs) self-interest to try to like further her career slash life slash whatever yeah so i i totally think that yeah mm-hmm. yeah although also i think of kenneth is asexual so it's kind of <laughs> weird to see him like like kiss her back yeah i don't think we've the only time we've known him um didn't he say he had sex with jenna i think like he said he's had sex with jenna Ooh. but also like when she wanted to get pregnant he was willing to do it. But I feel like that was just out of, like, an agreement. Like, he wouldn't have sought it out. Because her, her thing was, if I'm still in the show after five years, you could put a baby in me or something like that. He was, you know, just adhering to, like, a, essentially a contract, so. Well, and there's also the storyline where doesn't he, like, have a crush on the woman that Grizz marries or gets engaged to or something? That's true. So, but even then, like, it's still, like, Felt like I don't know. It still didn't feel like very like, sexual from the yeah, it'd be just Kenneth, right? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. But I also like this turn with Jack and Liz of like him almost saying like I have nothing else really to kind of teach you because like everything I've led to, everything I've given you doesn't really seem to 
Like or uh, like I'm in a I'm in a place where I shouldn't be giving advice kind of thing. Finally, yes. some self awareness yeah, instead finally. of bravado. Although really, although he comes right back around to it with his twenty five pillars of motherhood. So yeah, which he doesn't stay. Yeah, uh, I would trust he, a conservative man to know those. He doesn't get back steps. in his lane for long. No, but he says he was engaged two other times, and I'm trying to remember who those were. So he was married to Avery and married to Phoebe and Isabella Rossellini. Oh, that's three. Yeah. They forgot about Isabella. Yeah. So who were the other two that he said he... Because he didn't get engaged to Nancy. He didn't engage to Salma Hayek. Were they engaged or were they just... No, they weren't engaged. I think he wanted to marry her, but he didn't um, technically ask her yet. I forgot about bird bird bones, but they actually were married, right? They were married. Were they married? Because that's, that's what I was thinking maybe. I think, no, I think they were only engaged. I don't okay, think so they, maybe that's one of the engagements. That's right, because, yeah, she was his fiance. They never did get married. That's right. So, um, Elisa? Okay, so, all right, so it tracks. Isabella Rossellini and Avery are the two marriages. Phoebe and, I don't, maybe it must have been someone else that, either before Isabella or somewhere in between we've forgotten. I do remember he was going to ask uh, uh, Elisa to marry him because they go to the wedding, uh, the, the ring store. But I don't think he officially asked her. Briefly, she was Phoebe, but yeah. they were engaged and were called the engagement at the end of season one. So Cece Cunningham, but that was just a relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, Elisa, Sam Hayek. Uh, they chose not to marry. So yeah, Jack Paul's not proposed the marriage, but okay. she turns down the she turns down the proposal. Yeah. So okay, it tracks two two engagements, two failed marriages. But no, did she? Yeah. Wait, she, 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 did did she accept it the proposal? Yeah, because I'm pretty sure she comes back as like she's like let's get married. She jumps into his arms after she after they learn that she's the Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. I mean I guess so because the next relationship after that is. Is when the Nancy storyline starts. There would that would be the only other. Uh, yeah. All right, good job, Thirty Rock Riders. You did it. They know their own storylines. It passed better than you. Good job. I would hope so. Uh, but yeah, so the credit scene is Kim Jong Il basically running down the season and, and sort of hyping up what's to ne- what to come next season, but really just wants Jack and Liz together. But before we move on to that, I guess we should do the wrap up of this episode as well as as the season six wrap up because um, I feel like there's a lot to talk about this season knowing that it's the the next to last season but anyway thoughts about this episode first final thoughts did they stick the landing on a finale or did they well they I guess closed up a couple of the main storylines like Liz becoming serious with Chris and kind I mean honestly Avery was gone for so much of the season that I mean, it almost is like she wasn't, didn't, I mean, obviously the, the Jack wants to come back from North Korea, like, recruited bits, but I mean, it just felt like finally closing that off to where, you know, he's going to be, have his storylines and she's not really a part of them. So I guess mm-hmm. it officially closed that off for going into the next season. Um, I mean, I don't know, the Tracy thing didn't, I mean, I feel like Tracy doesn't really had really a through line this season. Not really. He just kind of had a lot of uh, uh, of the B plots and C plots yeah. and just other stuff to do. And Jenna, I mean, Jenna kind of had her mm-hmm. that kind of concluded through mid season, I guess, with her stuff with um, with Paul. Paul. 
Yeah, because the last few episodes has really just been random bit parts, and I mean, really, I guess your storyline with Hazel, but yeah. Well, the live show was really the last big involvement with Paul was mm-hmm. him, her and her getting or they getting engaged. Yeah, and so that basically closed off her like larger mm-hmm. arc for the season. Yeah. So, hmm. so I think they, I think this episode isn't so much a touchdown, but I do think the season as a whole was a touchdown. Depending on how early they knew they were that seventh season was going to be their final season, like did they know well into season six that they would have to start wrapping up a lot of stories, or did they know from the get go like okay this is going to be the one that starts making all those ties come together kind of thing? Okay, so it was renewed. Okay, so it was they must have known going in because so May twenty twelve, which would have been around when this episode aired. That on May tenth, Thirty Rockers renewed for its seventh and final season to air that fall. So they must, so they had to have known. I mean, it's probably the sort of thing where that was where it was officially announced, but they must probably knew then in season six that the seventh season was going to yeah. be the last, and it was just made official. Because usually, of the it's usually you you know when you're renewed well more months than like ending of your season finale. I mean, it. it it really depends. I mean, if you're a show that's been on a while, you usually get early renewal. But, I mean, it's become less recently mm-hmm. um, because shows are canceled less. But, I mean, just we had in the past couple weeks, like, the upfronts for the fall. And, I mean, there were a few shows that were officially announced as being canceled. I mean, that part. So, it, it used to be more of a thing where shows really wouldn't find out until sometime in May whether they'd been renewed or, or canceled. Um so it, it, but again, like, it, but if of course, if you're a you know a modern family or a bigger show, like, right. you're gonna know. Re- then, then the renewal nego- comes about the negotiations of are is it ever gonna pay enough like mm-hmm. for your cast and that and so that's a kind of a different uh, different beast. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, when does the season seven start? It started at the end of 2012, right? Yeah, October Sorry, 2012. Yeah. Or yes, yes, October 2012. It's a season. It's only 13 episodes. Mm-hmm. So. Will it wrap before 2013? Uh, no, the series finale aired January thirty first, twenty thirteen. Okay. Any other thoughts on season six and uh, what will happen to the gang next year? I sure hope Liz and Jack get together. I've been waiting for that <laughs> the whole series. Yeah, I really like some jizz. Oh, God. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, do you remember anything about season seven aside from the finale? I, mean, oh, I remember the finale pretty count, well. Because usually you remember a finale, yeah. good or bad. But uh, I, off the top of my head right now, I can't say that I do, but yeah. maybe as we watch episodes in the season, then I'll be like, yeah, I remember that storyline. Because I, I, in this season, it was really hit and miss where there were a lot of things I didn't remember at all. And then a couple episodes where I like very strongly remembered what happened. Right, right, right. I mean, and I guess of course the, I guess live show Queen Jordan that was easier for. But even outside of that, it was like random storylines. Was like, oh, I remember that happening. Yeah. So it just we'll just have to find out, mm-hmm. I guess. So the the YouTube algorithm, uh, I stumbled across the the rural juror song from the season finale or the series finale that Jenna does. That like out of context, I was like, that's. Like, that was a powerful moment, and I was just like, even though it's all gibberish that she's saying, like, Jane Krakowski, and we'll, we'll obviously talk about it when we get there in a couple of weeks, but, like, like it looked like she was, maybe she's just really good at acting, but, like, it looked like she was sincerely upset that it was the finale. She was 
sorry to, like she was sad to say goodbye to her friends and everything she'd worked on the last seven years. I don't know. There's it was just like a really well done moment and a really well done scene. Mm-hmm. Well, would you want to say goodbye to that network salary? <laughs> That's true. It's probably a cushy little salary you got. Yeah. And actually, I do remember something. I think we talked about it recently. The the Vagena influences the election. Oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah. remember that. Yeah. So that yeah. is one thing that I, I know is going to happen. Uh, so we got that to look forward yeah. to. The crab heads or something like that? I don't remember exactly that yeah. part, but Yeah, we'll get there. All I remember is Gary Cole and Eric Amy Sedaris. <laughs> yeah. doing that, so that's that's the most important part. Well as always, thank you for joining us on Go Today. I feel like what we're doing, rating, reviewing and all that fun stuff is gonna be the best way to help us out. Otherwise, we will see you next week's episode. Season 7, Episode 1, Episode 126, entitled The Beginning of the End. Hmm. What could possibly happen in that episode? Let's find out. So, Liz discovers that Jack is tanking the entire NBC fall schedule. That's kind of how it looks like it's coming for a real NBC in real life. Uh, Jenna asks Liz to be her maid of honor, and Kenneth and Hazel invite Tracy over for dinner. I'm sure that will not be an awkward, uncomfortable dinner for anyone there. David, take us out. See you next season. (laughs) Wow, we had a good time tonight. I wonder what will happen to the gang next season. Will Liz have a baby? Will Jack become supreme leader of Cable Town? Will Kenneth... No, I don't care. All I want is Jack and Liz get together on Friends. It was so satisfying. They do on cheers, they do on moonlighting. Everybody do it. Don't overthink it, writers, whoever you are. Look, I don't want to make us look bad, but these dumb white writers don't know how us soul cats speak. One twix the other.